everyone. Welcome back to the Retired College Athletes Podcast, a podcast designed to inspire and inform current and former athletes through stories and advice from retired college athletes. I'm your host, Sydney Mary, and today we're chatting with Brittany Collins. She played tennis at UMass, and her story is really interesting. She had won a few titles at UMass and got a few of them stripped over $252. Yep, you heard that right. Over $252. What she was able to do at UMass over the course of her time there was basically erased. So in this episode, we're going to dive into that and talk a lot about NIL, athlete rights, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I definitely enjoyed recording it with her and I'll talk to you guys on the other side. I came across your story from the Players' Tribune, and I thought our audience would love it. And so you were stripped of your titles. You had won a title um, at UMass playing tennis, uh, and it was stripped because of $252. So can you please explain what happened? I always like, no matter how many times somebody says that out loud, I always, I can't help but giggle because it still feels like to this day, like the most absurd thing but um yeah it's um it's it's both like complicated and not complicated at the same time I geez I guess I found out um in October of a we in, we're in 2022 now so I think that was 2020 I think it was um and yeah I I actually found out that um we had our career stripped at UMass um, by reading like a headline. It was by the NCAA. I got a, I was coming home from practice because um, I still compete now professionally. And my coach sent me like, just like this forwarded kind of press release. And it said, uh, UMass Amherst gave impermissible benefits to their college athletes. And I being three years removed from school, I was just like, I, I don't even think I clicked the link. I was like literally just parking my car and I was like, oh man, UMass, like be better. Come on guys. Right. And the coach was like, no, you need to read this. And, um, didn't like, didn't you play on the team from 14 to 17? And then I was like, why, like, why are you like bringing up my years? And as soon as I clicked on it, I started skimming. It was a lot. There's a lot of like terminology. I had no idea like what it meant. And then I said, read two, uh, UMass tennis players who moved off campus, um, their junior year. And I was like, there's only, there's only two of us. So I knew immediately it was was us. And so I was like, wait, this is confusing. And I just didn't understand why I saw this word telecom fee. And I said, what is that? And, um, so I got, I got on the phone pretty quickly. I sent the, I forwarded it to my teammates and they were all like super confused as well. I said, let me figure out like what happened. And that's when my uh, former coach and the athletic director had to explain to us that, there was an admin error, um, a clerical error where somebody didn't realize that we had moved like off campus essentially. And like essentially just didn't check the box that like we wouldn't be able to receive this telecom fee, which is I've learned a stipend. It's not even like, it's not to pay for anything. It's just for a landline if it were to exist in the dorms. So because we moved off campus, we're not allowed to have this $252 one time for this stipend. And kind of the crazy part of this is that it was such an outdated stipend that the NCAA actually ended up canceling it the next year, which is the craziest part because that means we wouldn't have received it our senior year, which means like there was no benefit to us winning the title because some people don't know that 
that was a complete year and a half that we had received it before the title. And so, you know, basically our school immediately appealed it. It was like, this is kind of crazy um, because there was kind of a larger audit that we were grouped into with basketball where they had very similar um, situation, but like slightly different stipends, slightly different kind of uh, admin errors. So we wanted to be completely separate from them just because, you know, it, it really was like a, $252 versus $1,300, which was the first mostly, I would say, misleading thing that the NCAA did. When I saw two UMass tennis players, I was like, did I take uh, whatever, like $1,300 or $9,100 in my in my bank account? I was like, I wouldn't have missed that like right. kind of thing. So it was a lot of misleading, a lot of confusion in the beginning. And so, um, yeah, we, we basically appealed that or the school appealed that because I said, like, what can we do? And they were like, nothing. And the school appealed it on our behalf. Our athletic director was fantastic. And it became this super long, drawn out process, which I became kind of invested from the sidelines because this is when I started to realize like athletes don't have any rights. And yeah. sadly, recently, we they just upheld the decision despite like actually international media coming after the NCAA to say kind of how hypocritical this was to punish athletes given that they did nothing wrong. Um, so, I mean, that's the, that is the short, long winded version of it. There's actually quite a lot more that goes into it, but, um, that's kind of like the just of kind of what happened. Right. So, I mean, you mentioned that athletes don't have any rights and I can agree with you on this. I know that like NIL has come and has come now and we'll definitely talk about that. But with that said, when you look at the grand scheme of things, athletes really don't have rights. Like you got your title strips off of $252. And like, what does that really mean to the NCAA? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not that much. Also, when I read your article, it said that because it aided in athletic accomplishment, I don't know exactly how a telephone like Jack aids an athletic accomplishment, but as you've gone through that process and and like kind of, hopefully it's come to an end now, despite it not being the best return, Um, what have you learned in terms of like how athletes can better understand the system that they're in? Because it feels as though a lot of times it's not set up for them to really succeed outside of like what the average person is looking at. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and one that definitely needs to continue to be addressed. I would say that thank actually God to social media. Now athletes are being able to communicate with each other and to say like, Hey, I've experienced this. Hey, I've experienced this. You know, like we got to see what happened, unfortunately, in, in the women's tournament from March Madness and uh, a number of other issues. And so because of that, finally, athletes are like, hey, something's not right here. Like there's a lot of mistreatment, whereas before um, from like an educational standpoint, it's almost like you can't educate yourself on what you don't know. Right. You kind of just go through the motions. You're like, OK, I, I, like what can I do? Nothing. I'm kind of trapped in this. The best thing I can do is to get through it combined with the attitude of we're tough, tough athletes. Right. So we got to get through it. So it's, 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 it's a really like sad circular and kind of gross system that like was heavily relying on the fact that like, you don't really have the opportunity to see these things in, in the news coverage because you're so busy with time. Like I, when I was in college and I saw a lot of things, experienced a lot of things, but I was in that mind frame. Like there's nothing that can, that can be done. Like that you just go through it. Like it's an experience and that's it coming out of college when I, when this happened to me and my team, so many people reached out to me that I was like, Oh my God, there is a huge number of people out there that are 
fighting for athletes' rights. And I was like, wait, what are athletes' rights? Like, honestly, I, I asked, I was like, what does that even mean? Right. And so today, thankfully, like athletes are starting to get on these podcasts and they're starting to talk to people that are super educated on this. And it really goes back to tons of different movements. I mean, we see, you know, black and African-American and all sorts of minorities being exploited through the system. And it's like, well, what can you do until we start talking and we see like the players that have more popularity start talking about these issues. So from an educational standpoint, there are like a number and I'm, I'm happy to send all the links to you. There are a number of people out there, including your podcast, where they're just having conversations so that athletes can be, you know, just more educated on what they can do and just keep be vocal about these problems. Because before we were kind of fearful to speak out because it's like, OK, well, you could lose your scholarship and you still can. But at least there's like a few brave people that are out there. They're kind of like, you know, well known that if they did, they did lose their scholarship, there would be a lot of backlash. Right. Definitely. I know, like. Um, like you said, there are a bunch of people working for athletes' rights and that's wonderful. And like, hopefully as years go by, like we've seen NIL come to pass, other things are in the works. For example, like the College Athletes Bill of Rights and things like that, that are working with the Senate. What are your thoughts on kind of where we are? Like, I know a lot of people who may just be casual fans of college athletics look at NIL and they're like, great, athletes are being paid now. Like everything's fine. And like, in reality, for those of us who have gone through it, that's not the case. And so what are some things that you would like to see implemented over the next few years to kind of really help athletes live a better lifestyle while while they're playing and and going to school? Yeah, also another really great question. Um, You're right. Like, it's it's so hard because there's there's so much like misinformation out there. And like, that's kind of the, the world we live in right now, whereas like, there are so many people that are like, either still against athletes getting NIL and it's kind of like, let's talk about this. Like, let, right. let's talk about what this really is. And, and, and at some point I like, I don't blame people because it's like, why, you know, it's what they've known. It's kind of been like the NCAA is tr- tr- traditional and kind of amateurism argument. But then like, you know, what, once you get to know the facts, like, I hope you guys have realized, like come over to the other side, but NIL is, is, I always say it's like this tiny step. Like it's like the tiny step, like what NIL really does a lot of people say it's like, oh, it's just a way for athletes to make money. And I always say, no, 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 no. This is a way to give some economic freedom for athletes that don't have rights so that if they, you know, if they do make it and 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 they make money and they are in an abusive situation, which so many athletes are, whether it's, you know, sexually or physically or mentally, they can say, I'm going to pay for my education. I don't have to rely on this scholarship. It just gives them that like tiny, tiny, tiny bit of security that they are entitled to, or they can pay for their healthcare if they're injured, things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the segue into that. Like, that's where we need to go. Like what, what many people don't understand is when, when we say athletes don't have rights. Okay. Well, how many times has an athlete played through injury, not even just because of the, the pressure of their coach, but because the pressure they put on themselves, because if they don't play, okay, I'm not in the lineup. Okay. I'm going to lose my scholarship. Now I'm going to lose my education. So I'm going to play through this injury. You're graduated and now you can't ever play your sport again, or you're having like huge issues, but who's going to cover that? Who's going to cover that healthcare? No one. So that's kind of the steps that we need to, to, to see. And something that's been kind of tough for me to see while the conversation is fantastic. I love that. There are so many politicians and people that want to jump in NIL and jump into the space of, of making these federal and state uh, kind of regulations and laws. There's a lot of people that are jumping on 
that don't know yet. They haven't done the research yet. They don't understand what it's like to be an athlete. So we're seeing these bills be created and I'm like, Oh, that's scary. Don't like that. Like, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but it's almost some of these people who are creating bills are doing it because it's a good time to, and it's good Mm. for their platform, but it's not good for the athletes. So some of the things I really want to see is, is the people that I really know that know this stuff. I would say, uh, Senator Cory Booker, Senator Chris Murphy, who have been doing this for a long time, but it was not popular. They're creating really good things. Um, you know, Dreamfield is an, an, an NIL company that I will endorse over and over and over again, because I know that they have steps A through Z to protect the athletes in this day and age. And so where I would like to see is I, I'd like to see the people that I know are kind of leaders in this subjects, like take, let, let people take them, you know, have them to be the leadership. And unfortunately, what I'm realizing being in, in kind of these circles now with, with the politics is that it's slow, even though they're bipartisan, it's really slow. Everybody wants to get like, okay, like we'll put this in, but we got to put that in. No, it's, it is really like that. And it's really sad. And, um, I would like to see things move a lot faster because people think, okay, we can sleep now. And I think the most common tweet I see on, um, on Twitter with regards to college athletes rights is like, Hey, is everybody still awake? Like we still have a lot more to deal with. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just quiet. It's just quiet. And it's good. Let the college athletes have their moments and stuff, but like can't stop there. NIL is a tiny, tiny piece of what needs to happen. We need, we need healthcare kind of protections. We need, you know, an, a check-in system of abuse, so much abuse. Mm-hmm. We need, we need, um, one of my, uh, I, I can't remember the exact bill, but one of the, um, regulations or laws that I will be supporting going into 2022 is going to be essentially one that does not let the NCAA be the enforcement anymore, the enforcement staff. Like they right. cannot, in my case, it cannot be the the judge, jury, and executioner, all that. So that's when I'll be like highly, highly supporting. And so I want to see stuff like that come forward um, and really be like moved along because it's slow, a lot of talks, but not a lot of, you know, actual action. Right. And I will link those bills, I actually wrote a piece on that, um, that kind of outlines each bill that was at least in this, uh, working through the Senate um, at that time and, and what it's about. But like you said, there are a few moving through. I agree. I've looked heavily into Cory Booker and Chris Murphy's bills. Um, and I will link a video I have on both of those as well in the description box. But um, one thing that I like want to point out that you've mentioned is it's a small piece. And I think a lot of people, again, the casual fan will look at like an Alabama football team and be like, these athletes are really making money. Like it's fine. And I think that's the, that's the danger of it all. Like if you're not really in the weeds with the athletes, then you don't know that like, that is a really small percentage of athletes. Like, like if that is all you know about college sports, you might not know enough or a lot at all. And so um, while they may be making like staggering numbers from endorsements, the average athlete is literally just trying to, again, like you said, get some stability in their lives. Um, And in general, like a lot of athletes, like you said, will play through injury and things like that. One thing that I've really wanted to see in some of these bills is a conversation on healthcare for like mental health. So I know like, for example, Cory Booker's mentions like for, I think a period of five years, you can um, kind of make claims on some things that happened to you in college athletics based on your injuries. Uh, But for me, like I was physically fine when I left my sport, but mentally like to this day, still go to counseling, still go to like psychiatrists to work through things that happened in college sports. And those are things that we really need to get done because 
I'm going through it and I know I'm not the only one. And I know a lot of athletes don't talk about it necessarily because I mean, mental health is becoming a bigger topic topic of conversation, but we're not there yet. And as we can see, like, I think this summer, Simone Biles talked about it. Naomi Osaka talked about it. Like everyone is starting to talk about it. And I think athletes, like the weight that we carry, not, not to make us special, but like the weight that we carry as athletes in college athletics, as young individuals is a lot. And we need help with that. Yeah. I love that you just talked about that because I dealt with it. I know so many people. I mean, I think that is one of the biggest forms of abuse is this kind of like mental abuse in in college. And even if you do have a great experience, it is just a lot. And I don't like, I don't think most people understand that it is, you know, you are up at whatever five in the morning, you're doing your fitness for an hour and a half, falling asleep in class after missing lunch because you got practice get home at eight and now you're starting your homework so you don't fail so that you don't get in trouble. It's like, it's a lot and people really don't understand that. And that's one of the things that I was actually even shocked. Um, Jeremy Bloom did a really great documentary. I was so blessed to be a part of. And one of the facts that he had put out, like if you put down the amount of hours that uh, athletes put into school and to their, their, um, their competition, that the wage worked out to be like five cents an hour. It's just like that alone. Like imagine Imagine that you are working for five cents an hour. And on top of that, you have no benefits, no benefits or say, or any of that. And so the the mental component of that is like, you were just constantly in survival mode. And it's like, even if you have a great college experience, it is still survival mode. Just there's things coming at you for, from all angles. So I'm super glad you, you mentioned that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I want to touch on one additional thing. So we talked about NIL, we've talked about athletes, rights. Um, but since you do know a bit, a bit about NIL and, you know, we're not coming from football or like high revenue generating sports, what advice would you give to athletes that want to tap into NIL, but they're not a big name? You know, what are some things? Because I think the thing that I've run into as I talk to athletes off of RCA is that they're like, I'm not known. So I don't know how I can make money. And I've given examples, but I would love to hear your thoughts on ways that athletes can generate revenue despite not being a big name. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and and I think that co- that question comes up a lot. And I think it's been also like an argument used, you know, against NIL, like, oh, like only the football players. But something that I always say, like, keep in mind, like NIL is free market. Nobody is entitled to just like be given money. You do have to work for it, which is like a, a little bit tough to hear, I think, sometimes for athletes, because it's like, well, where do I have the time? It's like, you may not, but, but, but it's still, it's still a great opportunity. And so at least you, you want to have that, right. Even if you don't have the time to do it. And so, um, I would say for people that are not known, I don't think you have to be known to really take advantage of NIL. One of the the biggest things I would say advice, um, is the local kind of collaborations that you have, especially I would say like small schools, small sports, like we all have that like fan club that like comes to our matches, like whether like for, for instance, so if I, if it was me, we had a, a group called friends of UMass tennis and it was mostly like retired people, but they all like, they had like mom and pop shops and they like, they loved our, our tennis team. So something that you could easily do to make money because that's somebody you have a personal connection with is be the sponsor to, to their, whatever their store is, whatever their brand is. And so I would say, definitely like taking advantage of those like local opportunities are actually going to be like, I think the ones that will do the best because you have a personal connection with them and you know that you are going to market to the rest of that, like local kind of area with those brands so that they know that they're, 
getting whatever, whether you're wearing a, a patch on the shoulder or whatever, they know that that you're selling to the right audience because that's local. So that's one way. But I would also say like, if you are trying to grow your following and you don't have enough, but you have a teammate say that's doing really well with this, collaborations are like amazing ways, like just to do with your teams. Like more and more people are love seeing the stories where it's like, okay, the whole team is getting sponsored on a deal or like, you know, three or four people. Like we love that. And it's actually doing really well in women's sports, like women's sports are doing really well, despite, you know, like people saying like, no, it's just going to be, you know, just the football players, but we see like, you know, gymnastics and we see volleyball and all these things. And so if you have a teammate that's doing well, it's a great skill to be able to have the confidence to go up to them and to learn and to ask for it. You're going to have to do that in a job someday where you want to ask for a raise, go up to your team and say like, Hey, like, let's do this together. Maybe I have a few followers that you don't have that want to know more about you and and maybe vice versa. And so those are just two things that I think somebody who like maybe doesn't have the biggest following can do. And then third, like if you have like a unique or like a weird talent, if you're good at podcasting or if you, you know, you're, you're funny, like start doing something like that, open up a podcast, open up your YouTube channel. Like there are so many different creative approaches to this. I think it's like, it's kind of fun because we're just going to keep seeing like really cool, different, unique ways come out of it. So I definitely wouldn't uh, disregard like NIL if you don't think like, okay, I have, I don't have enough following because there's, there's so much room to be creative here. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's great advice because I do see people just getting like siloed into the fact of like, I'm just, I don't play football period. And they're like, I can't do this. That's not the case at all. So wonderful, wonderful advice. I have one final question. Um, for kids that are trying to navigate the system or for even even this other group of people who I, I care a lot about, the kids that are aspiring college athletes and the parents of them who are new to the system, what advice would you give to them on navigating then say a system as a player or a parent of a player? Yeah, that's tough. It's, it's tough because um, I almost always say it's like something – you have to experience because, which is like, you never want somebody to go through this and experience it, but we could, you know, take it to just one section, like recruiting or finding a school. And it's like, you could, you know, give somebody like all the the X, Y's and Z's, and then they go there and then they're like, Oh, I get what you're saying now. Like, it's kind of tough. But if I, if I, I would say like one thing is that there are so many more like resources and aids out there and podcasts. And while like the chances are, because the system is still like fairly screwed up I would say unfortunately like there's a really still a good chance that like you know you're not going to come out unscathed yet until we have these protections in place but if you listen to podcasts such as yourselves like you know I know it's retired college athletes but like there's still so much great information and if you listen to these kinds of podcasts you listen to yeah you go to LRT sports and you look at like college ratings of coaches there's just there are like a lot of resources out there but it's, it's a really, it's still like kind of a new space. Like this is kind of like, you know, this kind of rise of um, getting voices out there to kind of, I would say, rebel against the NCAA. It's still new. So I think people aren't sure how to find these resources, but the more you can listen to podcasts like yourself and, and stuff like this, the more educated you're going to be on the system um, and learn about, you know, you might not have rights now, but they're coming. Or, you know, you can, you can use your voice and be you know, less scared, things like that. So um, it's tough to give advice because it, it's, it's unfortunately like the system hasn't changed that much um, except for NIL. And there are a lot of resources right now on NIL, but like I said, the most important thing is like, do your research make sure whoever you're listening to, you know, they don't have to be like long established, but you need to make sure that like, you know, where are they coming from? Ask yourselves like, 
what's their motive for doing this? Like, you know, what do they get out of it? And like, how much do they know? Just like fact check, fact check, you know, go, you know, cross fact check like three times because you, the last thing you want to end up is, you know, with a bad NIL deal because you listen to one person that, you know, just, just got on the game and isn't in it for the right reason. So um, it's hard, it's hard because what, what athletes have more time to do more research, none, but, um, but, but that's the, that's the gist of it is that like, that's the best way you can look out for yourself and, and put yourself in the, in the best position and just stay up to date because it's changing like really fast. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast, share your wisdom and your knowledge. Like this is a packed episode and I, I hope everyone listens to it all the way through and listens to it back again. But thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that's all I have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. I really appreciate this conversation with Brittany. I think it's great for anybody, specifically parents who are just curious to know about student athlete rights and up and coming student athletes. This is such a great episode. So I hope you found value in it. With that said, let's go ahead and hop into housekeeping. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I'm extremely grateful for that. If you would like to get more involved in the RCA community, please feel free to follow us on Instagram and on YouTube. We're most active there. And if you would like to give to us or get any additional information from us in terms of solo casts and things like that, please follow us on Patreon. You can give a reoccurring gift and get access to exclusive content. Finally, if you enjoy this episode, please consider subscribing, sharing it, and leaving a review. That's the quickest way for this podcast to grow. But that is all I have for today. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you guys next week.